0: The kingdom of God is in your midst. mercy and forgiveness take precedence over bitterness and resentment. This is an upside down kingdom. All right, well folks, it's it's Monday, excuse me, Wednesday Yeah, it's What About Wednesday It's What What's About around? Wednesday yeah. You can't say it's Monday yeah. if it's Wednesday That's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. How did that even slip out? We'll do what about
1: Wednesday about that? And we're taping it on a Friday <laughs> <laughs> so This is just weird
0: uh, But we're welcoming back, of course, our friend Robbie yep. Lashua from Stand to Reason yep. And it is the 21st of September As, as yep. this thing hits the the airwaves uh, Rolls out of your radios, folks and you, you listen to this <laughs> Tune thing. in uh, and we're just two days away from a Stand to Reason conference in Orange County. Yes. So, folks, it's not too late to get tickets. It's not too late to get in your uh, Winnebago and jump on over to Orange County.
2: Yeah, hey, Costa Mesa is beautiful this time of year. Yes. I'm going to be there. It's going to be fun. There's going to yeah. be a couple thousand of your best friends.
0: Uh, come on out. We're going to have a good time. What are you talking about in your, in your part of the conference? What's your topic? I am talking about why hell why, why
2: hell shouldn't be a reason to deconstruct from your faith.
0: Now I, hmm. you remember yeah. I think the very first What About Wednesday episode might have been about hell.
2: Mm-hmm. We and
0: did we did it on hell. Yep. I went to dinner last night with an individual and and I actually sent a link to your uh, podcast episode oh, okay. to that outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding podcast episode, and so I'm. Uh, I would love to hear you speak on that at yeah. the conference.
2: Well, come on out, no, me and you can go through hell together. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes. Right. <laughs> I feel I'm like I'm
1: in <laughs> as I was.
0: <laughs> I still say he double hockey sticks. <laughs> okay, moving on quickly from the topic of hell, <laughs> we're moving to one no less controversial. Yeah, and that would be the rapture. Um, and I got to tell this story as we get started. Okay, so we've oh. got two older kids, yes. all right, George and Emma, and and Robbie. In my defense, I think we did a as noble of a job as we could as parents. But by the time child number three arrives, yes. all right, you take you a little out? bit more. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, <laughs> <laughs> Destiny. If you're listening, no, not yeah. at all. However, <laughs> that being said, one night Destiny's in first grade. And she comes home, we're sitting at the dinner table, and she says, Dad, Dad, he's coming back. And I'm like, what are you What are you talking about? Who's coming back? And she said, Jesus, he's coming back. And I'm like, oh. So somehow we had forgotten to explain this concept of rapture, mm. the second coming oh. of Christ to our daughter. <laughs> and she says, yeah, there's going to be a trumpet, the trumpet's going to blow, and then we're all going to fly up into heaven with him. And I'm like, oh man, I was so embarrassed. Well, little Emma, who at that time I think was like a sophomore or a junior in high school, happened to play the trumpet. And if we had been paying attention, her her eyes would have been twinkling. Because that night, round about midnight... A trumpet pierced the darkness <laughs> throughout our house. <laughs> and little Destiny jumped out of bed and uh, shouted, Lord Jesus, I'm coming home! Oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> no, Destiny, in your defense, you did not say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there were plenty of groundings and spankings and disciplines <laughs> that were handed out that evening. Does not Les- for virtue of anything Emma did, just because of the fact that you woke Dad up. Yeah. <laughs> Does Destiny Lou still have issues with the trumpet? She's very con- Confused, <laughs> She's scared. So of that's trumpets. why, yeah. that's why, Robbie. We need to, we need to peel into this topic of the rapture. And I'm going to tell you one other story. I'm on a roll here. Okay. So I grew up in Johnston, Iowa. And Johnston was the home of a little Christian film company called Mustard Seed Productions. Hmm. Most notably, they put together Ooh. a film that was called. And this goes back to oh, 1972. So yeah. I was a very young man when I was this born movie came year. out. Um, I was I would have been four or five and then the movie was called The Thief in the Night. Oh yeah. Are you yeah. familiar with this Oh uh, Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the problem with the movie. Well, it was made in the 70s. It was made. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Robbie, so was G. <laughs> so was I. Oh, so was I, yeah. well, no. you know. Yeah. God's so... grace is big. So. I was, I was hey, born man. in the 60s, and my wife was born in the 70s, and I always tell her, man, what a tumultuous time. You never <laughs> saw the 60s. It was. It was... <laughs> so anyway, this movie, Thief in the Night, which, folks, if you don't know, is like the very first, Christian movie ever or something uh-huh. like this. And it was post apocalyptic. It was a rapture based movie and scary is midnight. I mean, it was it was something else. But the problem was it was filmed in my hometown and it was filmed in my church. And so everything that I'm watching on this movie is a young person. You know, including the sequence where the, where the gal at the very end of the, I think it's the first movie. There were four of them: uh, Distant Thunder, Image of the Beast, and The Prodigal Planet. Mm. But in the first movie, I think it's the first one, or this maybe it's the second one. She leaves through the back door of the church. She goes outside because she won't take the mark of the beast, and there's a guillotine waiting there. Oh um, man! And I'm thinking, man, I I guess I should check out to see what's. Back behind my church. <laughs> <laughs> but it was scary, man. That is scary, yeah. And, and those were, was...
2: Fear Tactic was kind of the idea of those movies, exactly. it seemed like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, you know, you got a whole bunch of contemporary – well, do you remember the senior prank at Northwest Christian School, and I don't remember when it was, but it was Senior Rapture. It's ringing a bell. Okay, so here's what happens is you yeah. come in oh. – on, on there's always a senior skip day or there used to be a senior yeah, skip senior day, ditch day, senior yeah. ditch day. Yeah. And the senior prank generally takes place the night before. Oh, right? okay. And so on this particular one there, you come into the second story of the two story building where a lot of our high school classes are. And there's a sign on the door that says senior rapture. And you walk down the hall, and Larry Norman's "I Wish We'd All Been Ready" is playing. And then all across, they had redecorated the entire second story, so that it looks like there had been students reading books. There was like clothes on the on the floor. Oh, nice! And it literally looked like a rapture. <laughs> That's hilarious. it was kind of it was. A, I think it was a, a tip of the hat to Jeremy Egan. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I always wonder why sense. people
2: think at the rapture Jesus wants us naked.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I never yeah. understood that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Anyway. And so there it is, folks. The topic for today is nudity <laughs> in scripture. The second, uh, coming, yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. And of course, you got the Left Behind books. Left Behind sure. is a multimedia franchise that is sold like eighty million copies wow. of this book, which is just incredible but what are where I want to go today is there is there is some a lot of conversation happening today is the rapture a truly biblical concept mm-hmm. and that wow what an interesting question yeah and so there there is. The, I'm gonna, I went to the most skeptical source I could to frame this conversation because I wanted to see if we could envelop within it all of the, you know, the the criticisms mm-hmm. of yeah. the rapture. And so this is from a CNN.com article that was published on July sixth, 2014, and it's it's called "Even Jesus Wouldn't Buy the Rapture." Mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, where, I mean, can we just go out on the limb here and, and before we even get into this thing, where are you guys on, on the rapture?
2: What's the right answer to this? <laughs> now, I, so, yeah. uh, Based one, on what our listeners want to hear. Or... No, one thing that's important about this is, so whenever it comes to eschatology, the study of end times, these are open-handed issues. Right, right, right. You can be a Christian and believe different things from your friends at church or your pastor and still go to heaven when you die when it comes to eschatology. This is in the core of our faith. So these are fun things to talk about. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, apocalyptic literature you gotta read, you gotta read stuff about the future. So we're trying to see, okay, what. What is scripture saying about what's coming? And yeah. I'm pretty sure a lot of people missed it the first time he came and were mistaken and had to reconsider things like a Nicodemus or a Joseph of yeah. Arimathea. But they did reconsider when it happened. Okay, he's the guy. So uh, we got to hold this loosely is what I'm saying. We got to study it. And you should Thank probably you. know where you land. But we shouldn't crucify each other over differing beliefs. That's a great starting point. So that's important. So with yeah. that said, I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. And it is not popular among amongst apologists today because most of them are all millennialists who only believe in the second coming. Interesting. Even my boss, he doesn't believe in the rapture.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah.
2: And that's okay. Yeah. That's uh, the, uh, interesting.
1: I think it might be Mr. Collins, our, one of our Bible teachers here, says, whatever you believe God might give you. That'd be interesting. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure yeah. eschatology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and, like that. And, and Mr. Collins and I kind of <laughs> joke about it, and it is important. Like I'm so glad you led off like that. We kind of joke we're kind of um, uh, pantheists in this, and yeah. not that uh, we're, it'll all pan out. That's right. In the end, and, that's right. Uh, and and God's will will be. But it is it is interesting to talk about. It is questions that a lot of students. Um, love the Book of Revelation and want to understand the end, but I'm like, why don't you understand the love each other part? Yes, and then maybe we'll get to the rapture part. But it is, it is, it is exciting and and uh, intriguing to understand what's going to happen. a Great
0: happen. podcast episode, doesn't it? All right, yeah. so G, you
1: didn't answer the question.
0: Where do you <laughs> land? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah,
1: well, I read Left Behind. I read that, so that's I think that's the way it's going to happen. I
0: think. No, I, I tribulation force. Yeah, trib force and in uh, <laughs> the movie, yeah, G so. is actually wearing a trib force hat, <laughs> hat. He's got a tattoo of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a yeah. tattoo. You folks can't see it because you're on the podcast. Well, but G's wearing a Trip Force I, hat, and he's got a Trip Force <laughs> tattoo. I
1: have my opinions about that. I, I stopped reading the books about book seven. Yeah, because each book would cover
0: about like four hours. See, I haven't read any and, of them. Okay, I've never read either. I was so traumatized yeah. growing yeah. up in the Thief in the Night. Yeah, that there's no way I was going to pick up one of those books. I
2: bet they're good, but yeah, I, ha- I haven't read
1: them. They must be. They've you know They've sold a hundred
0: ah, million Elvis fans
2: can't be
1: wrong. Because, again, I think that lends to the fact people kind of want to know. But I think the mm-hmm. the danger of that is, to your point again, Robbie, I think that led everybody that read Left Behind to believe this is what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. And, and there's uh,
2: obviously fiction in there. They're filling in, you know, even if the framework of their eschatology is true, they're filling in yeah. fiction, right? I mean, yeah. it's, a, yeah.
0: You can't call it historical fiction. It's Futural no, I fiction? Futural. I don't know what you're calling yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Well, what I like to call it in science fiction, I call it speculative fiction. Okay. It's speculative yeah. fiction. So, you know, I but Robbie, I really love your point because it harkens for me back to my second favorite book in the whole world. Oh. Of course, the first favorite book is the Bible. The Bible I hope. Yeah, the Holly Bibble, as it were. Um, But my second favorite book is called Surprised by Joy, The Shape of My Early Life by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, Chapter 16 is called The Beginning. And this book basically follows the arc of C.S. Lewis from early atheism to agnosticism to theism, eventually to biblical Christianity. Mm. And it's an outstanding book. But when he finally comes to know Christ, chapter 16 is called The Beginning. And he says this, he says, I count it among the greatest mercies shown to me that I did not consider the end at the beginning. Hmm. So in other words, it, like when I came to Christ, when I rededicated my life, it was I was at First Federated Church in Des Moines, Iowa, and I'll never forget it. The pastor had just given a very—actually, we had two pastors on the stage, and they gave a very stirring presentation of hell. And I'm like, I ain't going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll do whatever I got to do. I, I'm not going there. So I go down and, and a, a sincere life of faith developed out of that moment. So I'm not saying there was anything wrong with the, the topic of hell being the impetus behind it. But C.S. Lewis said, I counted among the greatest mercies that as I came to faith and as I grew in my knowledge of Christ, I wasn't thinking about the afterlife. And he mm-hmm. makes the point in that chapter that the Israelites really didn't have when they were coming in their journey of faith to know who John Jehovah, Yahweh, was, they didn't have a very crystallized view of the afterlife. That's very true, yeah. And so they just came to know God for God. Mm. And so as we talk about the rapture today, if we ever get around to talking about the rapture <laughs> today, it's. I think that's an important notion to yep. support your point, Robbie. Yeah. So let's get into this article, and and here's the first point that it makes. It says, the rapture concept is relatively new. Wow, there's there's a loaded sentence right out of the gate. It it started with an Anglo-Irish theologian who, in the 1830s, invented the concept. This may come as a shocker to many, but it's a fact, according to Jay Perini, uh, whoever he is. Uh, before John Nelson Darby imagined this scenario in the clouds, no Christian had ever heard of the rapture. The idea was popularized by Cyrus. I. Schofield, an American minister who published a famous reference Bible in 1908, one that developed the idea of an elaborate series of final periods in history known as dispensations. Schofield, like Darby, read the book of Revelation as a vision of the future, not a fiery dream of the destruction of Jerusalem, by the Romans in A.D. 70. The latter view remains, in fact, the most common interpretation of the book of Revelation by mainstream theologians and was described recently by Princeton scholar, and I've read this book, by Elaine Poggles in Revelation's uh, Visions, Prophecy, and Politics in the book of Revelation. Wow, that's Ooh. you could we could spend a whole episode or six episodes on that paragraph yeah. right there. Uh, what jumps out at you as you read that paragraph?
2: Well, one of the things because I hear this from Christians. Who, is this person a Christian or just with CNN? I'm, I'm assuming I'm, they're. Yeah, I'm going to guess no, but okay. I don't know that for sure. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, one of the things I hear from Christians is they'll say, "Forgive Listen. me, Jay. Listen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you never know." Jay, Parine, I'm So sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but you often hear it's new, so it can't be true. Uh, Well, I don't think that follows logically. Now, we do have to say, okay, where has this been in church tradition? But all throughout church history, at different eras in time, the church has dealt with different doctrinal issues and really nailed them down. Like the deity of Christ, right? There was a time where people would read the Bible, and then, then there was Arianism. and He's not God. Okay, we really got to nail this one down. Yeah. And then there was even, like, iconoclasm. And there's, you know, should we use icons in worship? I mean, there's been all of these things that the church throughout history has worked out. And why would it be weird to get to a place where a lot's been worked out doctrinally, but we haven't really talked about end times too much? And maybe Schofield and Darby were like, now that we've settled it's deity time. of Christ, we're going to focus on this. I don't—so So just because it's new, I mean, because I could also say— you know, Calvinism wasn't around for the first fifteen hundred years of Christianity. Therefore, it's false.
0: Well,
2: and most people would say that's not true. That's not okay, true. well, okay, well, so new doesn't mean wrong, is what we're Everything
0: saying. Everything was new at one point,
2: exactly. And so, yeah. what we have to always do is: who cares? Who cares if it's new? We got to say, are Schofield and Darby's ideas biblical or not? Uh, that's what it always has to go back to: 100%. is it in the Scripture? Because if it's in the Scripture, then it isn't new. <laughs> it was written down a long yeah. time ago, so that that argument I always think is just kind of lame.
0: well, I remember the evening when the idea was new to Dusty Lou Brown at midnight in first grade. You know, <laughs> so I think the the case in point you know to support what you 're saying is that it 's new to you at some point too, so not only is it new to the church. But everybody is going to be new to you at some point. Sure. And you've got to, um, as we did in, the, in, in our home that evening at midnight, we sat down with God's word and we spent several hours. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the yeah. point of the matter is you go back to God's word. Really good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's the second point he made uh, in this article. It is important to note that Jesus himself never talked about the rapture mm-hmm. ever.
2: Hmm, you know, Jesus never spoke about spousal abuse ever Jesus never spoke about heroin ever Yeah So what does that mean? Yeah, do you make an argument out of silence? And that's what Jay Preeny's done here I don't think that's a good argument Yeah You know, most of, I mean, how how long would it take you to read all of Jesus' words? If you just straight through, just read what he said, not the whole Gospels The red letters The red letters, how long would that take you? I don't know, five hours, four hours? He yeah. said a lot more than that. So you can't say You're he right. didn't ever talk about it. We just never we don't have a it recorded. It's an argument from silence. So I don't think that I don't wow. think that counts for anything.
0: Yeah. Point number three. We read in Mark about the son of man coming in the clouds. But this is a reference back to the old testament book of Daniel, where we get the image of a son of man who is actually going the other way up to meet the ancient of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so this is, you know, this goes back to uh, Daniel 7. And there's, uh, I would, I really would call everybody to that, to that passage and and read it because there's some, some very powerful imagery there. But I guess the point of the matter is, is it simply that? Is it imagery or is it, is it more prescriptive when Jesus talks about being the Son of Man? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, he. This is completely true. The Daniel vision is he's going up to God because he rides the clouds, and who rides the clouds is God. That that's what Daniel's talking about. So when Jesus mm-hmm. says that about himself in Mark fourteen, he's declaring, "I am God." That's why they rip their robes and they're like, "You've heard him blaspheme yourself." Like he's yeah. declaring to be God. Um, but that you don't need that passage to also. Kn-
0: See that there's rapture spoken out in the Bible. It's not like that's
2: the passage. The passage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know what that means.
0: Well, and I think you could say the next point that Jay makes is Luke 19. We read about the returning King, but close study of this passage suggests. That Luke is talking about God coming back to Jerusalem, not about Jesus coming to earth. And, of course, this springs into the next point I think would probably be the most pivotal point that he makes. It's clear, according to Jay... Uh, It's clear from looking carefully at everything Paul says about the future, as in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54, or Philippians 3, 20 to 21, that he believes only that someday Christians will experience a kind of physical and spiritual change. They will be resurrected. But this is a complex term that suggests not necessarily resuscitation, but evolution through transformation.
2: Hmm. Mm. Okay. I mean, I guess you can say that. Like, that's nice. But (laughs) that's not a a Jewish concept of resurrection. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The Jewish concept of resurrection at the time of Paul and Jesus was these bones come out of the grave. These bones come back.
1: That was their understanding, their yeah. belief.
2: Yeah, and, and that was at the end of time. That's what—remember uh, when Jesus goes to Lazarus' tomb, and he's talking with
1: he's talking with Mary, right?
2: Yeah. And he, is it Martha? Martha. I can't remember. It's one of the M's. Yeah. And he says, do you believe your brother will rise from the dead? And she says, of course. Of course. Like, yeah, at the end of time, Yeah. Of course I believe that, right? But she didn't believe he was going to come back right then. Yeah.
0: So, the, no, they have this spoiler concept. Spoiler alert, N.T. Wright's talking about this. If you've not read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It right. John chapter 11. Yeah, re- yeah read the Bible. It's not a spoiler alert. It's yeah. been around for a couple
2: thousand yeah. years. <laughs> Get around They're to it. You have read it by now. <laughs> but, no, N.T. Wright talks a lot about resurrection, the concept of resurrection in first century Judaism and what it was. And this guy from CNN doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: Yeah. I wonder done. how often that's all, that that's all, sentence all there is to It has been spoken over the course. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry everyone. If you're if you're writing notes down, uh, that was G that actually said that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll reprove him later Thank for you. that comment. Um, let's get into Thessalonians. Yep. Of course. This is this is it. This is the big the big argument. In Thessalonians, Paul is writing like the poet he is. Okay. <laughs> Like heads are po- shaking in the booth yeah. right now well, okay, it, it, what, uh,
2: what genre of scripture is Thessalonians it's a poetry no it's not poetry <laughs> yeah. it's an epistle it's yeah. prose it's an yeah. epistle it's a letter So uh, the poet he is come on yeah. okay
0: Okay, so in Ah, in Thessalonians, Paul is writing like the poet he is, creating a spectacular vision of a returning Lord who will be given a great reception in the air. The crucial word in the relevant verse is meet. Uh, Those who are left alive will be caught up on the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The word meet in Greek is apentesis, and it means to gather for a reception of visiting dignitaries. Even the idea of being snatched up is thoroughly inadequate for the Greek word harpazo, which is, and folks, I am pronouncing these Greek words a hundred percent correct. <laughs> you are, you're good. <laughs> so if you want to you know, write that down, these, take that to the bank, which is better translated as gathered, a point made by many biblical scholars over the years. In any case, Paul is being dramatic, drama, imagining a holy reception committee that will greet the returning Christ. And why not? Yet it's amazing how scriptures get misused and relatively new theological ideas, such as the rapture, get deeply embedded in certain circles. The rapture is really a plot device for popular entertainment and a bizarre theological teaching in fundamentalist circles. Oh. Uh, where it functions in a variety of ways. But it's bad theology, says Shay. And and Jesus himself would have been astonished to learn that <laughs> this would come as a surprise to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he the omniscience crisis, is, is, this would come as a surprise <laughs> to Jesus. Uh, would be astonished to learn that thousands of years after him, there was such notions afloat. So I think this confirms in... In our mind, the question, is Jay Perini a, a Christian? That last sentence is pretty definitive on that front. Yeah, probably not. Yeah.
2: <sighs> <sighs> well, case close. No rapture. So. <laughs> no, thanks, Thanks for listening, so, folks. So can I just run through, and again, open-handed, because I know Christians who disagree with me right, on these things. Right. And they have scriptures. So, And he's brought up a lot of these, right? Like, what is meat in the air? And it's often used as a dignitary. However... Do you think that the Greek word for meat is only ever used as a welcoming party to go out and come back in? Like when yeah. Jesus says, tell Peter to meet me. Is that what it means there? Uh-huh. So, so it's, it's, I think it's kind of crazy to build a whole case on that word when it's used a ton of different ways throughout Scripture, personally. Yeah, um, makes sense. But even if that's what this passage is saying, um, there's still other passages that are really hard to deal with in regards uh, to a rapture, I-, I think. And so here's kind of my list of reasons, and, and the last one being uh, Thessalonians, actually. Um, the-, the tribulation is-, is, first of all, talked about as an outpouring of God's wrath. And Daniel tells us what it's for. It's-, it's a time of Jacob's trouble. The purpose is to turn Israel around. Well, the church and Israel aren't the same thing. Does that make hmm. sense? So yeah. there we go. Okay, what's the yeah. purpose of the wrath? To turn Israel around. It's time of Jacob's trouble. It's described all throughout Revelation as uh, a judgment and punishment on the earth, right? The whole earth's involved in Revelation. Isaiah uh, 24 talks about this. Um, but it's a chastisement of Israel. Jeremiah 37 says this. Daniel 9.24 says that's the purpose. And it's to prepare Israel for her king. Ezekiel 36 talks about it. Malachi 4 talks about it. So with those being the purposes of the tribulation, why is the church here to get punished too? That, that's a question. Now, it doesn't mean knock down, drag out, right? Mm. But then we have all these passages that say things like Paul in Romans 5.9. Since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him from the wrath of God. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God is not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So is that wrath just talking about hell, or is it talking about wrath as in judgment in the tribulation yeah. as well, right? So that's, that's another question that, that you do have to wrestle with because it's often called the day of judgment, the day of wrath, Right. And we're supposed to be. Now, there's the really good point. The pushback comes. Well, Robbie, all throughout Scripture, Jesus says that we will have trouble and God lets his people go through really hard things. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's true. However, we have examples of rapture already in Scripture. Elijah and Enoch. Wow. I mean, it's already happened. So I. The, the thing mm-hmm. is, when people act like, oh, you're crazy for thinking that could happen, you think it already happened. <laughs> 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 you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that, that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. And then we do see times where God takes people out of hard situations like Noah. Yeah. We, we do. We, we have these. So there is. Yeah, I, I haven't yeah. understood that argument of, no, God's just going to let us go through this hell on earth. Um, the other thing is about imminence. The rapture is imminent, meaning it could happen at any time right that the, even the 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 name of that movie thief in the night mm-hmm. right oh yeah well the the point in Thessalonians is he's saying listen be ready cuz god can come back at any time well if i'm going to go through the seven year tribulation god can't come back at any time i know he's not coming back tonight because there's no uh, antichrist there's no worldwide government. There's no mark of the beast. There's He's not yeah. coming back tonight. So what does this what do these passages mean about be ready, be on guard, stay sober, thief in the night, it'll come upon you? I don't understand what that even means. In a if it's if there's post-trib not post trib
0: or a mid trib.
2: Yeah, if it's not a pre trib rapture, I don't know what those passages mean. And I could again, open-handed, yeah. I could be wrong on this. But uh, I don't know what that means. Now um, Peter talks about this, too, um, to be sober and ready because uh, we don't know. Uh, think about, too, there's a passage in John that says live a certain way so that you don't shrink back at his appearing. Remember that? Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? If we're going through the tribulation and a third of the world dies and all the stars and blood everywhere and— we're gonna be like, yeah, I want to live as licentious as I want. I know yeah. he's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. but what about the? No one knows the day or the hour. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Once the treaty's signed and the antichrist sets up and the abomination, of desolation, you could set your watch for when. Watch for How time. does nobody know the time or the hour? Like I, all of those things, I think, become really weird. Um, and it comes down to how you read scripture. Is it a literal interpretation or are you allegorizing a lot of it? And we got to read it as poetry. we got to read it as apocalyptic literature. We have to read it as it the is. genre it is. But that's where you get to Thessalonians. And the genre is not apocalyptic no. or, um, mm. or poetic. Poetry. And so yeah. I, I want to read this passage because this is, this is the thing that I think is a strong evidence for a rapture. And it's actually Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. This is what Paul says. Now concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. (laughs) That's pretty funny, right? Don't freak out. It hasn't happened yet. You didn't miss it, right? That was
0: me back in fourth grade (laughs) in Johnson, (laughs) Iowa. That's great. And he, Thanks, Paul. He, yeah, it's, it's helpful, right? <laughs> oh,
1: Paul. So he
2: goes on. He says, Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come, the day of the Lord, unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Okay? So that word rebellion is often translated the apostasy comes first. Hmm. Okay? So the day of the Lord won't come until the apostasy And then the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So this is the Antichrist, right? That's what we call the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness. Then he says, do you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what's restraining him, man of lawlessness. You know what's restraining the man of lawlessness now so that he may be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is taken out of the way. So time out. He says, you guys know, I told you this already. You know what's restraining the man of lawlessness from coming. So there's something restraining him. And then Paul describes that thing as a he is restraining him. So there's a person, there's something that's restraining the man of lawlessness. He says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So a couple of things here I think are really interesting. When he says, the day of the Lord is not here yet, because the man of lawlessness hasn't been revealed yet. Why hasn't the man of lawlessness been revealed yet? Because there's this thing restraining him. Remember I talked to you about this. And until he is taken out of the way, the man of lawlessness can't come yet. The Greek word for the rebellion or apostasy is uh, apostasia. So if I asked you, hey, gee, can you define what a pizza is? And you said, it's a pizza. (laughs) That doesn't really define it. That's just you using an Italian word to describe an Italian word. So when we have the word apostasy in our Bibles, you say, what does that mean? Well, it means apostasia. Okay, but what does apostasia mean in Greek? Now, often people mean it, it means you leave the faith. Is that correct? That's what I would presume. The thing is, Paul uses it to mean that a lot of times because he'll say people have apostasied the faith. Huh. So the faith is an add-on. He's describing what they've left. Hmm. The word apostasia or rebellion uh, doesn't mean that; it means to depart, which makes sense. They've departed from the faith, okay. but you need something to depart from. You don't just depart. So when he says the man of lawlessness can't come until the departure. What the heck does that That's mean? A, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on to describe that there's this thing, a uh, he who's restraining the lawlessness one, the man of lawlessness, right? Later on in the passage he goes on to talk about it being the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, where's the Holy Spirit reside in Christians? And how would the Holy Spirit be removed or taken out of the way so that the lawless one can come? I think by a rapture if we if the Holy Spirit indwells us, is he going to be taken away from Christians so the lawless one can come, so that we can then go through hell on earth and then be saved at the second coming? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit as a seal of our salvation. So that passage right there to me is a big one uh, pointing to— yeah. and And nobody ever talks about it. People go to Revelation, right? People go to Matthew 24. Yeah. Second Thessalonians. <laughs> <Yeah. Come on. laughs> what well your in the point world does regarding
0: apostasia. So would you would you then conclude that most in well I can't say most, but that there is a common misinterpretation of that phrase apostasia in at least biblical teaching.
2: Yeah, well, no, because a lot of times Paul uses the word and he describes depart from what? Apostasia from the faith. He says it. Yeah. So that's what it means. So we've we've transliterated that into English to make the I word mean like it's the same as baptism. Right? The word baptism to us means a, a sacred rite of dunking somebody. Well the word baptizo in Greek means immerse. So you could do that with your coffee and donut, you could you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. doesn't necessarily baptism, mean yeah. Yeah. so so we, we got to understand these things when we're reading Scripture. So I wouldn't say people misuse all the time. But one, one huge theory that's been blown up from this passage is that all these people are going to depart from the church. And there's going to be all these people committing apostasy, in our term, leaving the faith mm. at the end of times. Nowhere else in Scripture does it say that except here. And I think it's a misinterpretation. Uh, hmm.
0: I've, I've heard this used w- with regards to the prevalence of deconstruction mm. in evangelical culture. But wow! Well, that's it. Yeah.
2: But but here's the thing: <laughs> like people are so ignorant. You know, Christianity is growing like crazy all around the world. That's so true, we're yeah. so myopic and go, oh man! All these 18 year olds are oh, leaving yeah. the faith and deconstruction. Yeah, but the Muslim world is coming to Christ coming right now. Christ, yeah. More so than ever in history.
0: Yeah.
2: More so if you added from 2002 to now, more Muslims have come to faith in Jesus than from the time of Muhammad to 2000. Wow! Praise God! It's amazing. Yeah. So so this idea of everybody's going to depart is not that's not what's happening right now and I don't think it's prescribed in the Bible anywhere that that's what's supposed to happen.
0: See what I've been doing is the antichrist in the left behind books is I've not read them but I know his name in the books is Nicholas Mm Carpathia, so I've been scanning birth announcements for Nicholas (laughs) (laughs) Carpathia. I figure once that kid is born, what do we got? Twenty years, thirty years? (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Oh man, that's one of the reasons I still believe
2: in the. That's one of you know. There's also the argument of uh, the church isn't mentioned in Revelation after the first three uh, or first four chapters, and why why isn't it talked about? Why why isn't there a prescription of what believers on the earth are supposed to be doing? To help during that time, It's kind of odd. Yeah.
0: Um.
2: So th- there's there's a lot of other arguments, but that Second Thessalonians one, I it, it, if it doesn't mean wh- what I interpret it to mean, I don't know what it means. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you you hang on. I you, we said it's open hand. Sure. I get that. I probably I'm I would lean in this direction, but you you mentioned your boss
0: mm-hmm.
1: does not believe in a rapture. What 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 is it? I mean, you can't speak for him obviously, but. What do conversations
0: wait, look around? Wait, you know, around why the office? does he not believe that?
2: Well, we've never talked about
0: it together. Okay, okay. <laughs> but
2: I know his—I know his opinion
0: on it. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, and he'll point to things, and and this is okay. This is legitimate. Does Jesus talk about the rapture specifically? I would say no, but does he somewhat? Yeah, and and does Paul like? Because if the rapture is a different thing than the second coming you have to admit sometimes they're talking about the second coming. Yeah. Does it make sense? Right. So sometimes rapture people equate them as all the same thing. It's all rapture or it's all second coming. And I think there's a distinction between them. Mm-hmm. So that that's the one argument on the other side is they look at these second coming passages and they're like, this is clearly... Second coming, you're crazy. Which I would say, yeah, I wouldn't equate that with the rapture yeah. either. But what do you do with all of this stuff? What about the eminence? What about Second Thessalonians? Um, and, the, and the other thing that's hard for me to understand is why would God beat the crud out of his bride before he marries her? I don't understand the purpose of that. Hmm. And the scripture is clear that it's to bring Israel out of their stiff-necked-neckedness. Is that how you'd say it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the point of it, to yeah. bring them around to see who the Messiah really is. It
0: almost speaks to the concept of purgation, this notion of a purgatory that cleanses or purges us mm. of uncleanness, uncleanness, but that then undermines the completeness of the work of Christ through the redemptive act.
2: Yeah, I think he already paid for all of yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know, uh, that's, that's, that's where I'm at with it And I, there's, there's other people who say, listen, God never promises it, it's a new concept There's these passages that talk about a second coming But I think there's also passages that talk about uh, the snatching away, the raptura, right? The mm. Yeah, being caught good. up
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good conversation I'm glad we started it off with the open hand idea um, And it's nice to know our position You may have a different one Oh. Yeah,
0: folks, if you're out there listening, and and you never. You know, reach out to us if you've got a, a compelling point to make mm-hmm. on, on an opposing side, not for the reason of conflict. We certainly don't want that. But no. I just love this notion of ironing, sharpening iron. as we
2: And the truth of it is, with with open handed issues like this, I'm very willing to look and read different perspectives. Like I read all millennial books. Right. I read, you know, no rapture books. And because I, I do want to know the other arguments because I don't want to believe a lie. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. like I'm open to changing my view on this yeah. for sure yeah. but I, I need some good evidence scripturally for it 100% yeah
0: and that's Elaine Poggle's perspective if, if you're looking for an opposing perspective she would say that the whole of revelations was satisfied by the time we got through 87
2: she's a preterist is that the idea yeah, yeah that nero was the antichrist yep. and yeah
0: yeah so interesting perspectives but yeah. wow uh, again we're yeah. we're called back to god's word 100% and that's that's All day. the that's the priority here. So well folks, thank, thank you. you for listening to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Robbie, thank you. Yeah, I, thanks for having I, me. Can't tell you how I, much I, I, I appreciate it. I know I talked a lot. Well, that's <laughs> uh, that's why we called you. <laughs> we, no, it would be yeah. a different podcast if you didn't. Uh, <laughs> Gee, thank you too. Oh uh, yeah, really absolutely. Good, and good stuff.
1: uh looking forward to the conference. I won't be there, but you will be there. I will um, be there, yes. We can enjoy that and uh we um I just pray right now. Is so that all right? It. Yeah. Father God, thank you for this time. Uh, thank you for ability to talk, ability to um, uh, consider, ability to think. Uh, God, I do pray for the teenagers and uh, that will be at this conference. God, that they would um, not just learn, um, but be prepared to um, to apo- not apologize, but be apologetic and uh, defend um, what they do believe and know what they do believe. Um, God, so thank you for the opportunity to be with the be with Robbie and the other uh, uh, presenters. Um, God, give them. Uh, wisdom to talk about difficult conversations god i'm just thanks for this time we need you we love you amen amen
0: i hate to say it but maranatha lord come come quickly yeah that'd be great what would happen i know we prayed right i shouldn't shouldn't talk anymore but what would happen if we recorded it today and it's published on on september 21st and in between today and then the rapture took place yeah, that'd be great. But I already prayed be for be that awesome. conference, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's got to be after, the, maybe during the conference. <laughs> yeah, when we're playing yeah. with time like this, it's very it's it very confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, folks, thanks for listening. I yeah. uh, hope you have a, a great great day, and look forward to seeing you again on Kingdom Culture Conversations, and especially looking forward to our next conversation uh, with Robbie. And what about Wednesday? Well, let's give him a little preview. G. Ooh, okay. What are we going to be talking about next time? Well, this will be in October. I'm a
1: big fan of. The cinema, uh-huh. as you are, yes, um, and we're going to be talking about some Jesus movies, Jesus movies, um, top ten Jesus movies, and uh, including television programs. Which and in particular, the
0: chosen, the chosen, amen. Well, thank you. Take care, folks. Yep.